Which is so funny to me when white people do stuff like this. And then they're like, oh my god, you guys, I can't believe that you would turn something so special and fun for my family. It's like, oh my god, girl. Hey, you're wearing your Dumas sweater, I just realized. I am. And you know what? I'm going to bring you with me to New York this weekend. So fingers crossed I end up unspotted. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Going to see Harry. Is that Harry? Harry? Yeah, it's going to be me. I'm going to say That's that. going to be you. <laughs> yeah. Well, we already caught up with each other on our lives before yeah. recording, but... I feel like it's worth catching the viewers up with some recent happenings. First of all, we had what I would categorize as the big gay weekend with Ely this oh past weekend. It was a uh, extravaganza. <laughs> it was. What, what did, did we, we do, do, Zach? Tell them. Let's see. Saturday. We had a failed pool pool day. It was okay. No, I had a good time. The sun just never came out. Nick and I were walking <laughs> over, and literally, you guys, as we were walking into Ely's building, the sun was out. By the time we all got up to the roof, like five minutes later, a the sun was not cloud out came. Yeah. and it remained behind that cloud for what? Like 90 minutes? The whole evening. <laughs> it was That's still okay. Fun, we still got to hang out. We got to talk and We got chill. to talk, show off our and hot bodies. And then we bodies. went to Union Market. Oh, totally. Yeah. Union Market was fun. What did we eat? I got a burger. I went to Takorian. Oh, yeah. Nick got a burger. And it was good. There was loud club music playing outside, even though that's there not the was. vibe for Union Market. But it was kind of fun because it wasn't like horrible music. There were some bops. Yeah, it was fun. And then we went back to Nick's and we played Mario Party and I won because I'm oh my so God, good at we that did game. that in all we did that all in one evening. One evening, yep. Wow. And then you went home. And then the next day, like Oh, that creepy later, man made that comment oh, on his yeah. bike. Ugh, you guys men are so gross. I was with two men and he still said something to me. The gall very annoying but yeah about 12 12 hours later we got lit at bottom we went brunch. to brunch that was so much fun i think that was that was fun we all got that cute was, that was very fun you put and on i got to go dress. to the farmer's market oh yeah you spent a lot of money market. on tomatoes you love farmer's markets i think now i think now i'm into it <laughs> i went to one i went to the noma farmer's market last week thursday and then on sunday i went to dupont circle farmer's market and i think i'm a farmer's market girl I think you are too. Oh, I forgot to tell you, you might have been there at the same time Jamie was there. Because I saw on Jamie's Instagram story that she was there with somebody. And I was like, huh, well, they closed at a certain time and you went before lunch brunch with us. Mm -hmm. And that was a few blocks away from brunch. So I told her, I was like, Jamie, I think we were all in DuPont at the same time. You were like blocks That's away. So and funny. Maybe you were even there when Ely was there getting her tomatoes. Ooh. Yeah, I got my tomatoes. Did you see a blonde happy. Canadian lady? That was probably her. There were a lot of humans. It's, <laughs> it's difficult. <laughs> but yeah, that was a good time. I, I like, well, I was, it was overwhelming. Agora brunch because they just literally keep bringing it out was food overwhelming. and mimosas. But... And then the thing is you get kind of like, you get drunk off of all those mimosas. And so then you come home and you're like, <sighs> and then I... you kind of like, that's your day. Like you're not doing anything else. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not even gonna lie. I when we were at the restaurant, I was feeling a little sicky. I was like, I oh, need to stop. Sicky? Did you? I throw was up? feeling sicky. I was like, mm. no, you I did not. Up? 
Oh. No, 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 no. But I was like, I was like, I'm not feeling good right now. But I'm glad that we left. Oh, that got we, we took yeah, that walk. Sponge. We took that walk, which really helped. Oh, we um, went to that we bookstore. Store, and then we got on the metro and we came back. And then what a pleasant we, weekend it was. And when we parted ways, Nick and I went to his place. And I think I was the one that's like, I'm laying down. And for those of you who don't know, <laughs> I'm not a napper. I just don't. I'm not successful at napping. That I genuinely fell asleep. Not like, oh, I'm taking a little nap and I'm still kind of conscious. I fell asleep and I was out for 90 minutes. Wow. And you're like a little baby. Like a little baby. <laughs> and at some point, Nick joined me because he was there when I woke up. Uh, or maybe he was there when I fell asleep. I don't remember, but wow. we both took a nap because we were out because um, of that brunch. Yeah, but it was such yeah, a good time. Yeah, I also knocked out because of that brunch, but it was great. Totally worth it. Why don't we hang out more often? Because <laughs> y'all don't invite me to shit. I say this every time. Y'all be hanging out and okay. I don't get an invite. And then you're like, why don't we hang out anymore? That's We're going to go lie. to. That's not a complete lie. You guys do that at least once a week. Anyway, um, we're going to go to Medieval Times, though, and that's going to be super fun. Yes, very much looking forward to that. I don't I still don't think Nick's going to go, but I will go. That's yeah, at this fun. point. He's canceled. We're just going to go. I, yeah. I should text Morgan. Actually, let me message her right now. So that way, by the time we're done, hopefully she will respond and then we can but, plan a date. But we're also you also need to tell her once we're on our break. So two weeks from today. Our last episode will drop. Well, no, two weeks two weeks from today, we're recording our last episode of the season. And then two days later, it'll drop. So you should tell her that starting like sometime at the second half of September, we need to go to Last Call Trivia as a foursome. Oh, yeah. And just really that. knock it out of the park. Okay. So we need to do that, too. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was okay. a great weekend. And you and you and Nick are hanging out again tomorrow. You're seeing a, yeah. a musical. A musical. Yeah. Yeah, Have we're seeing Dear Evan Hansen. I'm actually very excited. Oh, I forgot to tell my dad. I saw Dear Evan Hansen for the first time with my dad, and it was a good time. Yeah, I remember you guys took that cute little selfie you used to show me. We're so cute, aren't we? Yeah. Love you, Dad. He doesn't say this. <laughs> <laughs> uh one more thing before we get into the nitty gritty. Speaking of us in this podcast, so are I we have, are we quitting? No, no. <laughs> I have bouts where I go back and I listen to old episodes, like every okay. now and then, and I've been kind of on that kick recently. But I cannot, you guys. I maybe I'm crazy, and maybe like nothing has changed. But I have a hard time going back to season one episodes because I feel like I was trying so hard. <laughs> <laughs> to be like eccentric and I was like yeah I'm gonna be a podcast host and I would like do these stupid little what I just it's so cringy to me and I can't do it this I is think... why I don't listen to us period because I'm like <laughs> re-listening to conversations that I know I've already had is cringy <laughs> no season season two is like when we really hit our stride because of our new format well, I mean yeah, I like our, our format, first format has really helped us yeah, yeah I liked it too but I feel like it was very chaotic and there was no accountability. Now we have like <laughs> tasks, you know? Yes, exactly. But I also think because we were so focused on making uh, one topic per episode and it was just That's kind of true. talking the whole time. I mean, it is talking the whole oh time. God. It's a podcast, but because of the lack of structure. So I boring. Like, just no, I, I felt like particularly myself, I was trying 
way too hard to sort of like heighten the material and be maybe theatrical or whatever i don't know it just comes across as like kind of annoying and it's well you heard it here first guys zach is cringy and annoying yeah pretty much anyway let's get started this is a long preamble but that's okay it's all right into the news we go so i don't know if you guys heard this what <laughs> but we finally got an announcement on student debt relief. I'm not going to say student debt forgiveness because I just think that's silly. Ever since I saw someone <laughs> on Twitter say, why are we calling it forgiveness? Because we didn't do anything wrong. That stuck with me because we didn't. You were like, you so, know what? You're right. I'm not asking for apologies. Yeah. So we heard rumblings on uh, Tuesday evening into Wednesday morning that last Wednesday, Biden was going to finally announce uh his measures on debt relief and so it's funny on wednesday nick was over here and the it wasn't really a press conference there was press there but it wasn't a press conference it was scheduled for 2 15 and nick and i turned on the television we were like whoa can't wait to watch this he was like 40 minutes late i know you were watching too dude that was <laughs> the u.s government is so like embarrassing honestly like what what was that? And then it was the same shit that he posted on Instagram. I was like, I could, this could have been an email. Yeah, there really was no new information. And also Biden struggles with getting to the point. He just oh rambles God. about like his he, childhood. For he's the minutes. epitome of like talking to an old person. Like that's <laughs> how you know that he is just a regular person like through and through because he's such an old man that he does the thing. Yeah. I, I cannot, I hate listening to him talk. Sometimes I have to, of course. But I'm just like this. If he don't get to what he's trying to say, I swear to know. He'll be like, he'll be like, okay. Before I get to my plan on student debt relief, let me tell you about this Four great man. My father once knew yeah. oh this guy's God. name was Tommy McKenzie, and he worked on my dad's car, and he was in student debt, <laughs> and he went to college. <laughs> But also his son went to college and or he'll get his son is a carpenter and I he'll love He'll get carpenters. so close to like the point and then he'll be like, and you know what? And you're like, oh. Yeah. So it was kind of excruciating uh, to listen yeah. to. But I do go... love when he tries to be sassy. He was trying to be oh, sassy a little end, bit we'll, during that. Yeah, he was. At the end, we'll get to that. First, I need to get to the facts. Okay, so the facts. Biden announced that up to $20,000 of federal student loan debt can be forgiven. Uh, that's if you have, if you are a Pell Grant recipient, if you did not get Pell Grants, you are eligible for up to $10,000 of federal student loan forgiveness. And the student loan payment pause has been extended through December 31st of this year, meaning that January 1st of next year, it's officially over. We're officially paying again, which is Blech. officially stupid. <laughs> um, I'm over it. Yeah, to qualify for the ten thousand dollar forgiveness, individual borrowers have to earn less than one twenty five thousand a year. Hello, that's us, or two hundred fifty thousand for couples, not us. Um, to qualify for the twenty thousand, like I said, you have to meet those income requirements, and you have to have received a Pell Grant. So, fun fact: Nikki Boy is fully off the hook. He has he will have no more loans after this. Jealous of that. Um, I will have. Wow. It's had under 6,000 after my 10K relief. What about you? I'll probably have around 7,000. Okay, explain this to me because I'm so, so confused because you got free tuition. So like, was uh, housing that much? I thought you were an RA too. What gives? 
Oh, sorry. Sure, he said post so, up. Um, yeah. So my first year I had to pay for housing. I took out two loans to pay for housing. Housing at Marquette is really that expensive. Um, and then my Gross. second year, I was an RA, but I still took out loans because I thought my third year I was going to study abroad, which I didn't. So I just kind of saved the money. And then I used that money my last year to pay for rent in um, my apartment. Oh, that's kind of smart. Yeah. And so um, I basically I took out loans all four years. So but they they were small loans, so it could be worse. I have I know I have a lot of friends that have way worse, way more than I do. But it was like I took out loans every year. I think they were only like five thousand each year um, just to like Uh pay for other costs. Um, And then at the end, I still had a couple of thousand left after I, like after I graduated. So I used that as a down payment on my car. Oh, smart lady. See, you handled your funds smartly. I uh, felt like half of it wasn't school related. But... <laughs> well, not, I mean, it was, I, yeah, it's fine. Anyway, the Department of Education estimates that among borrowers who are no longer in school, nearly 90% of the relief dollars will go to those earning less than $75,000 a year. That's us. Uh, and about 43 million <laughs> borrowers were, will benefit from this, and 20 million will have their debt completely canceled. So that's Nick. <laughs> Still jealous of that. And the White House said more than 60% of current federal student loan borrowers also received Pell Grants. So 60% of borrowers will get that $20,000 relief. So that was all laid out. There was also some thing I still don't quite understand about um, interest and mixed signals on whether or not we have to like take a step to get this relief because Nick said he heard that we have to apply for the relief but then like on the studentaid.gov website, it mentions something about like your if like if you're not uh what's the word? I'm forgetting the word, but basically like if all is good with your payments, like in the past, it'll just be automatically reduced. I don't it's a little I confusing think, and they I said that the, more details are coming, but Okay. I have a couple of things on this. Um one, they this is another one of those things like voting and like insurance, like we just talked about before we started recording that they are going to make difficult so that you go, forget it. It's too hard. And so, and like, I was in a a meeting with the NAACP on Wednesday last week, and we were like part of a coalition around people who work advocacy workers um, around student debt. And they were saying, we're changing the narrative from like cancel student debt, cancel student debt to be more of like, an application narrative like how can we support our people and make sure our people have what they need because they were like the white house isn't going to be the ones to tell them that like we can ask them all the questions we want they're never going to give us direct answers we need to be the ones to help people make sure they have what they need um the other thing i think there's confusion because they're saying that you can apply starting um uh you can i think you can start applying until like October to receive reimbursements if you made payments during the pandemic when the payment pause was going on. I think oh, that's yeah. what you have to apply for. So if Nick was making payments during the payment wait, pause, he should definitely apply wait, for reimbursement. You want to hear something funny? We were actually talking about this today. That cutoff date is March 13th. So if you made payments before March 13th, 2020, you don't qualify. Both Nick and I, <laughs> our last payments <laughs> before the pause, we paid them on March 12th, 2020. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh God, that's hilarious. 
Yeah. And that's, I mean, and that's the other thing too. I, I know people that are like, yeah, I didn't make payments. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I made, I think I made some cause my mom was like, no. this is a great time to pay off your student mm-hmm. loans. And then I was like, I was like, yeah, you're right. And then I was doing it. And I was like, literally, why am I doing yeah, this? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't do anything. I think it was like, once I, <laughs> once I decided that I was moving, I was like into my apartment in September of 2020. I was like, um, yeah, no, I could use that money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't remember if I said I had a third point. If I did, I don't remember what it was, but um, <laughs> those were the things that I wanted to say in response to that. Yeah. First of all, that's super cool that devoting resources to the whole application process, because you're totally right. Uh, guys, fill out the papers, just do it. They're going to make it complicated. Or like find people that will help you, because like there are people out there that will help you. Don't just give up because, again, they want you to give up. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Like the government is going to give you free shit. Don't give up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Some other points on this. A lot of people wanted 50K. Uh, we won 50k yeah of course tons of people are thrilled about this 10k or 20k but um some folks wanted more personally i'm like i never thought that this would happen if i'm being frank i just didn't think i i thought i i thought this would happen after i finished paying off my loans to be honest like years (laughs) in the future so i guess i'm excited for this 10k it doesn't quite feel real yet because it hasn't officially happened um but I mean, obviously, I'm super progressive. So 50K would have been lovely. <laughs> obviously, but, I'm super progressive. I mean, it would have been <laughs> lovely, but I, I, I'm I, not the type of person, I guess, to like tear down this really great development because it's not yeah. perfect because no, nothing is. We kind but... of had a moment like that at work where we realized that it was because we have been like in this campaign. Our campaign is to cancel all student debt and we mm-hmm. a while ago when we found out that biden was going to make an announcement we were like okay when we didn't know what the announcement was we were like what is the different messaging and we were like if it's 10k we're going to be like thanks but we need more if it's 50k we're going to be like okay yeah that's fine um <laughs> <laughs> because here's the thing statist- there's data that like if he would have canceled 50k that could have had serious impact on closing the racial wealth gap and like that's really what we were going for that's like the driving yeah. force behind our campaign is that like black and brown people and young people are seriously behind because of like the student loan crisis and mm-hmm. so we were like 50k would actually make an impact whereas like 10k doesn't really but we had a moment where like <laughs> This is actually kind of funny. My friend Daniela was like, oh my God. My coworker Daniela was like, oh my gosh, like all of my friends, a bunch of my friends have been texting me saying, like, oh my gosh, thank you for doing this work. Like, you don't know how much this means to me. Like, wow, I appreciate everything you've done. And I was like, damn, I haven't heard from any of my friends. <laughs> but a moment that really like grounded us after we were like, ugh, okay, fine, 10K. She was like, one of my friends just texted me and said, like, thank you so much for like pushing so hard, showing up to all those rallies, like meeting with people from the white house like running that campaign like now i'm debt free and like i can live my life and that's so amazing and she was just kind of like you know what this is good like this is has an impact on people like even though yeah a lot of people are still in crippling debt there are some people that on some that we all know that are really seriously impacted by this in a good way and it's like okay this is good yeah exactly and all that work you guys did too like it's still led to something and i think something is momentous like it's not it wasn't for nothing that giant pen 
that the, you guys I think, I think outside Joe the saw the pen and he was like, okay. <laughs> I feel like he would like something like that, some corny shit like that. He'd be like, oh, look he at probably that pen. he would probably think it's so fucking hilarious. I hope he invites <laughs> um that collective and NAACP to his um to the White House because then they can bring that big pen to him. Um, <laughs> another cool. thing, Daniela and I have been. So we went to a rally in, uh, oh gosh, when was this? Sorry, I don't know when it was. Um, we went to a rally at the White House a couple months ago. God, I don't remember when this was. Um, Is it and important? there was a, yes. <laughs> when it was. There, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> there is a Getty, there was like a Getty Images photographer there taking all these pictures of us at the oh. event. And so because there's now all these like stock images basically of like student debt rallies, our pictures have been everywhere, like in relation to this cancellation. <laughs> like we're on the front page of Move On's website. We got like put on a bunch of Instagram posts. Like every time one comes up, someone that Daniela knows sends it to her and she'll be like, LOL, look at us. <laughs> Is that the one that you're squinting in? <laughs> yeah well it looks like i'm squinting because i was wearing a mask but i was just i think i was going like this because they had um the band dc local band too, uh too much talent and they are fucking lit they've been at like all the student debt rallies and sometimes we like dance you know as a group and so we were like watching other people dance and i was like laughing like having a good time <laughs> student debt rallies are really fun and they sound fun okay yeah. a couple more points before we move on okay. so even though this wasn't a press conference type of event, like I said, there were reporters there and journalists. <laughs> and before Biden walked out, two journalists were able to just shout questions at him. Uh, it was funny because the first one was completely unrelated to student debt. It was a question about Mar-a-Lago and the affidavit situation, which Biden did answer and he answered uh, truthfully. But then this other woman shouted out a question as he was leaving, which I kind of wanted to talk about. And I think we talked about it a little bit in person, but I just, it, it like, it just bothers me. She basically said like, uh, is it fair to the people that have already fully paid off their loans that this is happening? And I'm just like, it just, it bothered me. Well, hold on. it's hard. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's hard because I don't know who that was that asked that question. And so part of me wants to believe that maybe she asked that as like her duty as a journalist, because you know that that's going to be something that people are going to say. Like that's like the number one most anticipated response. And so I feel like she could have asked that to get a quote from Biden that people could use as like a response to that. But also, again, I don't know who that was. So it's like, it could have been some... Fox News bitch that was like, yeah. but it could have not, it could not have been because I, 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 again, I guess I, not to be like, but like okay. when I like, wait, 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 putting myself it, in it, those it happened again. You went so high. The mic didn't pick up a word you said. Okay. <laughs> I was a journalism student way back when. And I know that like, if I would have been assigned, like, you know, if I, not as a student, but as a real journalist, this is like shit that they teach you. If you would have been assigned to go be at that rally or at that at that rally at that <laughs> uh, press conference, if that's what you want to call it. And you didn't ask that your boss would be like, what the fuck? I guess. But I, I mean, it echoes a sentiment that a, a lot of people probably have. And right. I saw so, this brilliant tweet where someone said, like, it, it's it's basically like if a if a hungry I'm not hungry, if a person who was 
fed and didn't have like hunger issues basically said don't give food to starving people because right or like what i said if you got (laughs) if you had if you had cancer if you survived cancer and then later on they came out with a cure for cancer would you tell people oh don't don't get that because i had to go through that like shut up it's just like so wrong to wish ill on somebody simply because you also had to go through something yeah i mean yes yes is it unfortunate that debt forgiveness was not around before you paid off for your loans yes but like also you're super fortunate if you are have been able to pay off your loans you had the mean you clearly had the means to pay it off if you paid it off so yeah shut up yeah so anyway i know we talked for a while about that but that's a super big story that happened last week and obviously it is very applicable to us historical so yeah but let's move on speaking of really good news so progressive activists Maxwell Frost, who is one of the first members of Gen Z to run for Congress, won his Democratic primary in Florida, and he led by a full 10 points and is expected to win because this district is highly Democratic. So he's likely to be the youngest member of Congress. um, How exciting. Yes. um, This is around the Orlando area, by the way. Mm-hmm. And he is 25 years old, so he just barely qualifies for the age requirement to serve in the U.S. House. Um, and this this uh, season of midterms, 2022, marks the first election where members of Gen Z can run based on how, I guess, science classifies Gen Z. Science! Um, well, like, it's uh, not science, but, like, I conflicting numbers as to whether or not the birth year starts in 95, 96, 97. The, this article, this NPR article said 97. So technically you're Gen Z. <laughs> I know. I had a moment with my friend Morgan and she was like, wait, because she was she's a year younger than me. So she was like, wait, you were born in 1997? And I was like, yeah. She was like, oh, so you're like a millennial? I was like, bitch, <laughs> you don't quit with that shit. I was like, are you calling me old? I was offended. But yeah, good for him. That's incredible news. And hopefully we see some more of this going forward. He's also a uh, man of color. So that's Ooh. Also He's for Medicare for all and basically every other progressive issue you could imagine. So Zam. let's just hope he doesn't go the way of AOC where she <laughs> seems to have lost her way a little bit. I mean, I want to be clear again. You can't trust nobody out here in these streets. So even though we love and respect AOC, again, at the end of the day, she's a politician now. She's not well, at that the bartender. end of the day, American politics, like there's a money, fucking game. <laughs> there's money up in American politics. That's the real issue is that there's so mm-hmm. much money in politics. And to get money to get fundraising, you need to like be, go against things that you believe in. And that right. sucks. And like- it's it's such high stakes too. It's like mm-hmm. I truly believe that people like AOC and the rest of the squad like have our best interests at heart, but it's like you have to do shit to get reelected and you know and that sucks. I know that does Ugh. suck. Get money out of politics. Yeah. That's see, that's never gonna happen. I know, which never sucks because happen. like it makes running for office so unattainable. And I don't want to mm-hmm. say that it's impossible, but it is difficult. You have to have money to run for office, or you have to just have yep. a lot of friends. To run for office, to get reelected. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of office, speaking of Congress, speaking of people I don't <gasps> like. <gasps> <laughs> 
It's Miss Nancy Pelosi again. But the story is not about her. It's about her husband, Paul. Oh my God, Paul. <laughs> because it's Paul... wait, is his name Paul Pelosi? Like, is that his actual name? Yeah, Paul Pelosi. Yep. <laughs> Paul Pelosi, the husband of U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Guess what, you guys? He got sentenced to five days in jail after being convicted last Tuesday of misdemeanor mm-hmm. driving under the influence in California. Mm-hmm. And he's also, this man is 82, by the way. <laughs> what business does he have <laughs> driving, first of all? I don't know. He probably Second had one white claw, and that was enough to do him <laughs> in. <laughs> Imagine an 80 year old drinking white claw. <laughs> he would do it. Oh my god! I mean, I don't know him personally, but you, you just know that Nancy just like reams his ass every night. They see each other, not physically. She probably just like completely humiliates him, calls him like a failure, and makes him cry himself to sleep every night while she sits on her stack of money that she got from like unethical defense contracts. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, Maybe but- he has like a a. Uh- a humiliation fetish thing. Maybe they were think about that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to think about that, but uh, I do want to think about how his blood alcohol level was apparently above the 0.08% legal limit. And he was involved in a collision. Oh no. So he served two days in jail out of the five sentence and he got out due to good behavior. Stop. Yeah. First of all, you guys, he 100% went to one of those rich people like Jordan Belfort jails where they get to wear like linens. And his good the behavior fact, was probably just like not starting a fight. His sentence was for five days, five days. not even a week, five days. Yep. And after two, they were like, yeah, you're good. Yeah. Uh, but he has to serve three years probation and pay almost five grand in victim restitution for which medical bills, nothing which is nothing Pelosi. to them. Yeah. That's- yeah. Because his wife is an unethical, money. rich, um, witch, <laughs> rich, <laughs> witch. Ooh, good <laughs> one. Not in a good way. I don't like her at all. So anyway, <laughs> Paul, don't do that again, buddy boy. You could hurt someone next time. Yeah, don't do that again, Paul. You silly. Anyway, let's wrap up this news segment with another okay. good news story. So we have our first Chipotle that has unionized another i'm telling you this is the year of unionization and it's small steps but it always makes me happy to see this so i love it this was a location in lansing michigan good for them apparently uh an augusta maine location filed for a union election in july but they were closed later in the month before they had the chance to vote which is Hmm. very suspicious and upon the news of the Lansing, Michigan location unionizing, Chipotle's, you ready for this title? Chief Corporate Affairs Officer. What kind of title? Okay. Oh, God. Um, These titles are so pretentious and it's unnecessary. Too much. It's yeah. like, can you stop? So <laughs> the C- making shit up. The CCAO acknowledged the employee's <laughs> action, but said that the company was disappointed by the vote. And this is the quote. At Chipotle, our employees are our greatest asset, and we are committed to listening to their needs and continuing to improve upon their workplace experience. We continue to believe that working directly together is best for our employees. Copy and paste, bro. Yeah, it's giving PR firm wrote that, and I tweeted it. Yeah, clearly, if you cared enough about your employees and had a partnership, they wouldn't feel the need to unionize. So, Oh, 
Right. That's the thing, too, is like when people like Starbucks doing so much shady shit to their staff members, literally just trying to unionize. It's like, okay, you want your employees to keep being treated like shit. Like, that's just such a bad look. Why are you doing that? It's because they know that when people unionize, it tends to work, which means probably more money in their pocket that the corporation has to pay. And they'd rather put that in the pockets of their executives, like the chief corporate affairs officer. Yeah, that bullshit title. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to music. Mm. It's been a minute. Yes, it has been many minutes. So sorry. All right, y'all. Much to discuss. I know. Well, damn. So my first headline here on our on our little document says Taylor Swift fans are about to be insufferable. Haven't they already? Even more. <laughs> Even more. And you want to know why? Why? Because on Sunday after the VMAs, she announced that she's releasing not another re-recording like people thought, but her 10th studio album. So new music titled Midnights dropping this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, I will not be listening to that album. <laughs> if you didn't already know, I don't like the it. the premise sounds like in her hands it could be a little bit pretentious. It doesn't it like like every track represents a sleepless night in her life. Yes. I was like, <laughs> bitch, if you don't quit that shit right now. If one of those nights is not the night that the Kanye call got leaked, I'm not listening. <laughs> Kim Kardashian tweeted like, oh, I need a new documentary to watch. What do you guys recommend? And somebody was like this one. And they linked the Taylor Swift uh, <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> Which is funny. I'll give y'all. I've seen some funny shit on the Internet since this announcement. I'll give you all that. Some Taylor Swift fans are funny. However, y'all be getting on my nerves with this shit (laughs) but it's okay i'm happy for y'all you know she's keeping y'all fed unlike some other artists um (laughs) that wasn't really meant to be shade for anyone directly but (laughs) (laughs) um so that's happening (laughs) great um another cute little tidbit that i felt i i actually like wrote this and deleted it like multiple times so i was like do people care but i feel like this is kind of a moment in our pop culture and i put it in music it's kind of pop culture that i feel like we need to recognize and because i felt like it opened a conversation that i wanted to have with you okay so billy joel invited olivia rodrigo on stage for a little uptown girl slash deja vu moment during one of his new york city performances recently and that line in Deja Vu where she's like, oh, I bet she knows Billy Joel because you played her uptown girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the melody. <laughs> but I was like, that's so funny that like Gen Z has to like introduce each other to Billy Joel and probably other artists that like our generation kind of grew up with because our parents grew up with it. And so I'm like, this is kind of funny. I think it's cute that he brought her on stage and they sang together and all that shit. But I, it just got me thinking. I was like, Gen Z is really like those people that are like, oh, I know Billy Joel. And it's like, OK. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think it's a thing just with. Well, maybe not with all generations, but I think after the Internet came about. So with millennials and Gen Z, there definitely is a phase of your youth when you think you're interesting because you enjoy <laughs> something from the past that not that your peers or not a lot of people are familiar with. And I definitely had that phase in high school too. Um, Cause remember I told you I had a, 
alternative 90s music phase in high school <laughs> so hard and i thought it made me so interesting so oh i was like God. well no one else is Zach listening had to a teenage dirtbag era <laughs> what's that it's like a trend on tiktok which basically for like early 2000s people showing off like how cringy they were as teenagers oh my god yeah kind of wow. some of the music is really good but like i just i can't to, even like, imagine you and your like to. emo grunge phase no 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 no. it wasn't emo it wasn't like, 90s grunge no it was not 90s grunge it was alternate it was okay, like forget it i it was the pixies smashing pumpkins spoon like just 90s alternative bands that i was really into and i literally would wow. i so i worked at a movie music store and we still sold cds and <laughs> so i would literally we had used cds and i would just pop cds into my car and listen to them so not only was i listening to 90s alternative i was listening to it on cds and i thought it was so cool you were like let me put you all onto this and everybody's like, <laughs> okay <laughs> well good for you i'm happy for you <laughs> happy you had that moment in your life yeah Okay, so I kind of wanted to, I kind of chuckled this week looking at the um, the charts because last week we celebrated Nicki Minaj's first solo number one. And this week, the fall off could not be greater. She dropped to number seven on the Hot 100, <laughs> which is tough. I mean, I guess it could be worse. At least she's still in the top 10. But as it was, returned to number one on the Hot 100 for the 11th week total that's so interesting um, and this is the longest time a song has been at number one um since that song by rowdy rich the box came out in 2020 which i was like what can i let you in on a little secret you don't know what song that is i don't think i've ever listened to that song you probably have heard <laughs> it because it was like really big on tiktok like people would use throw it me a bar i don't know the bars <laughs> I'm just saying, you hear it and you're like, oh, that song. Noted. You can look it up after. I'll look um, it up after. But yeah. yeah, that was a popular song, I guess, in 2020. And, but I'm kind of shocked we haven't had like a long standing number one in a while. Cause I feel like we as a society go through eras where we'll have like the Despacito area. Oh my God. That See, was I kind of don't like it because, it yeah, it becomes so homogenous. It I does. Or actually, fun fact. I've, I've probably said this before. That song Closer by the Chainsmokers was in the top 10 of the Hot 100 for a year and a half. See, I don't like that song either. <laughs> it, but it's interesting. I wonder if As It Was went back to number one because of the whole Olivia, Harry Ooh. drama. Well, it was week. only not number one for one week. So <laughs> Interesting. It's mm. been having moments. You know, it's been going back and forth. But I see. Honestly, I'm kind of mad that like that's the song from Harry's house that is at number one. I'm like, if he released cinema as a single, I would be insufferable. Uh, <laughs> question Y'all for you. Be sick of me. Question for you. When you go see Harry on Saturday, <laughs> what it what song, if he did not perform it, would you just be very upset by if it were left out of the set list? um daylight because i want to scream that song at the top of my lungs <laughs> you think well is there like a leak set list not leaked but do people I know what like it is yeah i feel like it's public but i don't know you don't want to look it up no i kind of don't oh interesting so i which i'm pretty sure he i think he does sing daylight oh my god if he doesn't i want to scream that oh 
I, I know I he's going to sing you. cinema. I know he's going to sing as it was, of course. And I know the transition into music for a sushi restaurant is like YMCA. So I'm excited for that. You think um, he's going to do some throwback tracks? I know he's for sure going to open with Golden from oh, Harry Styles 2, which was uh fine line. Yes. Why Jesus, couldn't I how do you not know that? this? I know. What the fuck? <laughs> um, and I know he's going to, I think he might sing, um, something else from fine line and i know he still sings qe from his first album which was self-titled so huh. yeah but i don't know what the rest of- i would say god <laughs> you guys i'm gonna be so annoying <laughs> <laughs> and she's on be real now too you guys you guys don't even know <laughs> i'm gonna i'm saving my be real time at the concert i'm gonna fuck y'all can judge oh me god. all you want <laughs> also Recently, all of my friends, like in our college friend group, joined to be real, like within the last 24 hours. So I've been feeling like really good with the like affirmation because everybody's been, I get all these notifications. Oh, so and so was like reacted to your be real. And I'm like, ah, this is so nice. <laughs> now I have like actually have a friends list. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I just think it's so cool. ironic that we've gotten to the stage in social media that not only do we have an app where it's like, oh, take a picture right now and it has the front <laughs> and back facing cameras and it tells you how late you are but it's literally called be real that just seems and like satirical to me every time the notification comes up i read it in the 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 tone of like the it's time to glow up and i'll be like it's <laughs> time to be real because that's oh. what it says it says it's time to be real You're and kidding. so I'm like- Jesus Christ. See, this seems like post-social to me almost. It's so fun. <laughs> and it's kind of cute to just like see what your friends are up to at a specific moment in time. Well, I'm glad you're having a good time with it. I got to be oh, one I of your B-reels it. recently you when did. we were playing pool. You yeah, you were featured. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the, thing- the VMAs. Oh, yes. The last thing I wanted to talk about was just some of the big winners from last or Sunday night. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't know what day it is. Um, really quick, I'm just going to read these things off and then we can complain if we want. But I, I don't think any of these are too surprising. I don't know. So video of the year was, of course, all too well. 10 minute version, Taylor's version. Um, <laughs> haven't watched it, but, you know, good for them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Artist of the year was Bad Bunny, which I guess, you know, people people have. I feel like there's a new wave of Bad Bunny fandom because he was popular before, but now it's like getting to be a lot. I'm like, y'all need to to chill. I mean, they literally, and this was very interesting. His quote performance was not performed at the VMAs. It was, it was, not it was streamed. live streamed. It was just from Yankee Stadium. Yeah. I don't even know if I would call it stream. It almost felt edited because they had like fan reaction shots and everything. But yeah, he had a sold out show at Yankee Stadium that was streamed into the VMAs. Um, I will say, I thought it was interesting. He flexes bisexuality with those kisses. Mm-hmm. on Which, a national I guess, stage i guess this is how you can tell he has a lot of new fans some people didn't know he was queer that's like his whole identity i, I was know. one of those people what <laughs> we've talked about this literally the only two things i knew about bad bunny before the vmas were that he was a latin artist and that he couldn't <sighs> act because i saw bullet train oh my god okay <laughs> anyway Song of the year was Billie Eilish's Happier Than Ever, which I like that song. You know, good song. Um, Best new artist was Dove Cameron. This is the thing about the VMAs. It's fan votes. So and and sometimes you could tell it's fan votes. This is one of those awards that I was like, okay, y'all. Really? (laughs) Whatever. 
Um, best collaboration with Lil Nas X and Jack Harlow's Industry Baby, which I'm actually happy for them because they won a couple of awards that last or on Sunday. And I feel like Lil Nas X deserved that because the BET Awards kind of snubbed him. The Grammys kind of snubbed him. So I'm like, he needed a W. <laughs> um, Again, another fan vote thing that I was like, okay, y'all. Song of the Summer was Jack Harlow's first class, which I mean, the girlies love that song. I get it. I get it. But I'm just kind of like, okay. But his <laughs> performance of the song at the VMAs was really cute. There was like a moment where he had like a bunch of people on stage with him, like in an airplane. And it was kind of like the people, it kind of like totally was like the better version of like that Oscar selfie that went super fucking viral for no reason. It was oh, like yeah, that, but better and yeah. blacker. So it was that like, was cool. it was artists, other nominated. Yeah, artists. it was like yeah. other people present, like other, yeah, sorry, not just like, like Chloe friends. Bailey, Lil Nas X. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was our friends. Um, And then, <laughs> and hello, again, Fergie. Right. She was there. Fergie came Love out. <laughs> Fergie I'm pretty sure this was her first out. performance since that disastrous national anthem <laughs> years ago. Girl no has been way. missing since then. I'm not even kidding. That ruined her career. Poor thing. I feel bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> okay. Last thing. Y'all uh, know I love I'm Harry Styles. <laughs> My favorite part of that video was them showing people that were oh, yeah. just present for that, like trying not to laugh. That was. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> we won't. We won't beat the, the dead horse. Could you imagine if that happened while we had this podcast? <laughs> We would have been insufferable. We would have, we would have we would have been the ones doing the remixes. Okay, the last award I wanted to talk about was a Harry's House one album of the year. And y'all know I love Harry Styles, of course. And do I say, think this is a great album? Yeah, but album of the year. Also, why was this even in this category? I personally, I'm like a song that came out in May. Y'all gonna call it album of the year? Yeah, I don't get their I'm timing. confused. Yeah. yeah. I, don't know. I don't care about the VMAs, to be yeah. honest. I don't it's care. Just, yeah, exactly. The awards part is like the least important part of the VMA. Yeah. And they know that. Yeah. Um, oh, wait. How did you feel about the fucking Johnny Depp cameo on the Moon Man? What was that about? I don't even want to talk about it. It, it was forced. It was tired. It was unnecessary. <sighs> it's just like, I don't even know how to feel about it. So I'm like, regardless again regardless of what's true or what's not true it's like these two people harmed each other in unthinkable like in unspeakable ways mm -hmm. that's fact and so it's like why are you like promoting this and you also can't deny that johnny depp was like a lightning rod for conservatives that latched onto his plight because of misogyny right true and they, they were, were like, like oh my ah! god believe john yeah it's the whole reason why yeah the film that nobody cared about minamata came in like third in the oscar fan poll last year it's because all those men went onto twitter because they probably didn't watch that movie they're just like oh johnny Depp, uh, hate women believe men that sort of <laughs> crap so this I, it just feels tone deaf for the vmas and mtv to kind of like see past all that for this i'm like I hope you didn't pay pay him that much. Like uh, I don't even yeah, no. It was Honestly, just... that was such a huge courtesy. They shouldn't have paid him anything. They said we're doing No, we're they doing should not have favor. paid him anything. Yeah. And also I saw a BuzzFeed article recently that I saved because I wanted to bring it up at some point. And I, I don't have it right here at with me at the ready, but BuzzFeed is kind of funny for this. 
they made a list of the people that liked Johnny Depp's post after the like jury verdict came out that he kind of like won that case against Amber Heard. They made a list of like the celebrities that liked his post or commented like comments of support. And then they made a new list that was like people that have since unliked or deleted comments from his post after that. Yeah. Love that they did that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're shady for that. Um, So that exists if you want to Google it, but that's Mm. for another conversation for another day. Are we done with music? Yes, we are. Okay, on to entertainment. I'll try and keep a pace. So DC continues to fuck it up, you guys. I have two stories about DC making mistakes. (laughs) So the first story is that Warner Brothers announced more changes to their release schedule. So Aquaman 2, which was supposed to come out on March 17th, 2023, has now been moved to Christmas 2023, which is a significant push. Uh, they claim it's because special effects aren't ready, but I bet you that this is more of David Zaslav's tinkering post-merger. And then Shazam! Fury of the Gods was supposed to come out December 21st of this year, and now it's taking Aquaman's old date of March 17th of next year, which I don't <sighs> get that because that film was ready that we had a trailer basically for it and everything. So very strange. And also from all that people are saying the flash if it comes out in is like that supposed to come out this july, year no july 2023 oh um okay. it was supposed to come out this year at some point but got <laughs> pushed uh if that does come out apparently that was supposed to be like a soft reboot because there's like time travel and timeline messing and shit and now it doesn't people like insiders are saying it doesn't make sense for aquaman 2 to come out after the flash because of what happens in the flash so this kind of almost tells me maybe they are thinking about either pushing the flash again or not releasing it because why would why would they do that from a story perspective or they also don't care because it's dc so also that makes it even worse again that they canceled batgirl because like their whole Mm -hmm. like bullshit reasoning for canceling it was oh it can't come out before the flash and uh, uh, like (laughs) stop just stop yeah so we all know now y'all are racist and misogynist and stupid and you're just proving our point over and over again yep so moving on another flop from dc this is actually a comic story i feel like i have never if hardly we never ever talk about, about the comic side yeah yeah but this is juicy so i had to talk about it so hispanic heritage month begins september 15th and dc has gotten an early start by having a bunch of special comic book covers to celebrate uh hispanic heritage month or as npr said in their article their attempt to celebrate hispanic heritage month Uh, because uh. the covers feature several of dc superheroes surrounded by holding or eating a variety of latin american street foods such as tacos flan tamales and platanos fritos uh and comic book fans on twitter specifically latino fans are not happy with this because it kind of reduces the cultural impact to food and uh, only food. Yeah. Like if you look at these covers. What the hell you, is this? Yeah, if you look at these covers, if you took the food out of them, this they basically so would be normal covers. And it just doesn't really mean anything. The most egregious one. So <sighs> the Green Lantern cover, it features Kyle Rayner's Green Lantern. Uh it's been getting a lot more blowback than the rest because he's holding a giant green flag. 
in one hand that says Viva Mexico on it. And the other hand is holding a shopping bag filled with tamales. But this was not the original <laughs> illustration. Illustrator Jorge Molina said on Twitter that his cover originally, he was holding the Mexican flag straight up. And then in his his other hand, instead of a shopping bag with food in it, it was his iconic Green Lantern. Um, and also the eagle and the snake from the flag was perched on his arm in the Green Lantern energy. So it had a lot mm. more Mexican iconography in it. Uh, yeah. And it was an homage to this famous painting called La Patria. Uh, but DC vetoed that cover and went with this of tone. Of course version. they did. They so, were like, oh, it can't, it's not racist enough. Yeah, so it's just it's just <laughs> icky and it's like not doing anything and they have yet to respond to comment or request for comment. So it's not good. That is very frustrating because I feel like this is a constant struggle with like white people reducing Latinx culture down to literally just the food and the impact yeah. that their food has had in like the American culinary scene. And like, I feel like also like, latinx food is just one of the most like gentrified parts of our like yeah. of, of the culture like white people love remixing it and like making it trendy and it's so this is just it's also just it doesn't look good who approved <laughs> this like i'm sorry but like this was probably the dumbest thing they could have done it looks stupid yeah, it's it's dumb. And as some people are saying about the Green Lantern one in particular, it's like putting the food in a sh plastic shopping bag just kind of is also icky in terms of class disparities. Yeah, so it's just it's... stupid. At the end of the day, if you took the food away from the covers, they look like normal they, covers. Yeah, they it's do. It's literally just the food, which takes up Gosh. a very small portion of the covers. So Marvel's just sitting there like, laughing their ass off. <laughs> They better not like, do some stupid shit like that. They're like, oh, we actually have Mexican and Latinx characters, so we'll just feature them. Yeah, they're like, we literally turned a white character to be South American for Wakanda Forever. So absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, moving on. Mm -hmm. Chris Rock apparently said uh, in a Sunday night comedy show at the Arizona Financial Theater that he declined an offer to host next year's Academy <laughs> Awards. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny so he's he's already hosted twice before in the past and of course i'm sure the oscars asked him to host as a sort of weird make good for the slap that happened <laughs> last year but i just think it's funny that he like publicly revealed this to a whole audience he was like yeah they offered to me but i'm not doing it he said no <laughs> which i just think is a funny thing of spite uh and it's it's a little unfortunate because he, he is a good host and i do not like please do not give us three hosts again please and especially don't give us three hosts where there's like jokes about sexually harassing people and oh patting them God, down and I shit know. and amy schumer dressed up as spider-man oh we don't God. need all that we please. literally don't need that i'm begging, what we what i would love me. again is trevor noah or has he hosted the oscars he did the emmys i think yeah, he's never hosted the Oscars. He, that's who they need. You know what get. I would love again? No host, because that worked for two years. It has to be Trevor Noah or no one. That's what I'm campaigning for. Yeah, I just like, please, Academy, please just make, it's an award show for cinema. <laughs> Celebrate cinema. It's not a comedy show. We don't need all these <laughs> stupid little comedy bits that take up useless amounts of time in your telecast that already runs over three hours long despite your best efforts to cut it down by cutting categories last year. It doesn't right. work. It doesn't Please, work. Please, let me be a producer for the Oscars telecast. <laughs> I feel like I know how to run 
a tight award show. I, of course I don't, but I just feel like <laughs> what number one thing I would do, no host. Number two, cut these stupid ass comedy bits that don't work. Yeah. Well, cause I feel like the host has, I've always been confused on like, why have a host when you're also going to have all these different presenters? Thank you. It just yeah. seems like the host is present just to like make fun of them. And so it's just like, why? Like if you cut that out, yeah, you could be moving the host so much does quicker. Nothing. All yeah. they do is a monologue and, and all they do is comedy. In recent years, all the host does is comedy and we don't need that for the Oscars. No, save it for the Golden Globes bad. that nobody watches. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't watch the Golden Globes <laughs> next year, you guys. <laughs> watch the clips on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, do that. That's <laughs> what I did for the Oscars a couple of years ago and I, it was the same experience. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, second to last story. Barbie Ferreira, who played, I noticed how I don't say plays cat on Euphoria. She announced on her Instagram story, which was interesting. Well, she did a story? Post. Yeah, it was an Instagram story post. Wow, she said, that's actually really low, low lift. I know. She said, <laughs> after four years of getting to embody the most special and enigmatic character, cat, I'm having to say a very teary-eyed goodbye. I hope many of you could see yourself in her like I did. And that she brought you joy to see her journey into the character she is today. I, Sorry, that's just funny because she didn't do anything in season two. I put all my care and love into her and I hope you guys can feel it. <laughs> and so I just think this is, I just think this is tea because for those of you who watched Euphoria season two, probably the worst part about it is that Kat, who was such an interesting character in season one and had a lot to do, had absolutely nothing to do in season two. She was so severely underwritten and it was based on reports that she fought with um, Sam Levinson a lot on she set was and cut her scenes because of it. So she, I'm not kidding you guys, had no arc in season two, was barely there. And so I really want to know, I really want to know if she like got out of some sort of contract because I'm sure, especially after season one, after it blew up, I'm sure that, the main cast was contracted for a certain number of seasons. And I just want to know, like, did she not have that sort of contract so that she was just able to say, I'm not coming back? Or did she like get out of it? Or did Sam Levinson just be like, but I just, there's tea behind this. I know, I know. There is. there's like, this is one of those things that I'm like, if I went to heaven and God was like, all right, I'll tell you like one <laughs> secret. What do you want to know? I, this might be one of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're funny uh but yeah and also yeah the story posting is so like almost non-ceremonious right like yeah. that shit's gonna go away in 24 hours sis yeah she it was like, like literally she's happy to be for you. i feel bad but also i don't feel bad because she deserves better and she's getting cast in some more stuff I, there was actually oh, just yeah. news today that she's joining oh gosh who is it with she just got a film role, like co-starring. So that's cool because um, she's talented. So, but I am going to be sad to see Kat go. And I'm even more sad that she didn't get a, a true, like she's just not going to be there next season. Yeah, so that's like gonna you be said, weird. what's going to, like, weird. what are they going to, how are they going to, it's going to be really goofy too. You know, they're going to be like, oh, Kat moved away. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, it's it's going to be silly. But anyway, that's entertainment. Okay. We have some interesting stories this week for pop culture. 
But first, you already know we have to get into the judgy judging of <laughs> um, judging looks from the VMAs. And I looked at all these all these looks that you have listed. I looked at beforehand, and I also have. I'm going to give my thoughts for everyone you listed. Okay, okay. Because well, first I... of all, I want to say sorry. First of all, Nick and I okay. were looking through. This is the night of the VMAs. We were looking mm-hmm. through. I think it was this article, BuzzFeed, like all the li- the looks. Yeah, and we were just like. Who the fuck are these people? Okay, I said the same thing. I was like, is something wrong with me? And I was like, who are these people? Are we people? officially that... old? Well, I think that. And I feel like this is just not a good time right now for like some of the bigger names. So I feel like a lot of people like didn't come. Uh, and I apparently. also feel like, I don't know though. because It was bottom of the barrel. I there think. were a lot. Of, I agree. There were a lot of people on here. I was going through this list and I was like, who? <laughs> Literally, like, you guys, the only. Stupid, but like, yeah. The only A-listers that show like true A-listers were Taylor Swift and Lizzo. That was basically yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think Lil Nas like, X is an it's... A-lister quite yet. No, yeah, I agree. But I was just like, and and for a second, I was like, maybe I need to look at a different list. Maybe BuzzFeed just wasn't on top of it. But like, nope. no, there was like nope. really nobody big that was there. Yep. So that's weird. So we're really working with not a lot here, you guys. <laughs> so it was difficult. I went, so when I, when I was making this list, I went through like the whole article of everyone's looks. And then I went back and was like, okay, who are my favorites? Um, And it was difficult, but I will say Sabrina Carpenter, even though, again, not really somebody that I'm super familiar with. I thought she looked cute. You know, mm, the little floral no. number. You didn't like it? No. You didn't like it? I thought it was no. cute. The headband with the... She was giving Blair Waldorf. No. She's also a snake, so... Oh. Oh, my <laughs> Team God. Olivia. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I also have Blackpink in my favorites, mostly because cute. I just saw a TikTok that was about how badly... It was like a member of Fifth Harmony. I don't remember who it was. It wasn't Normani, and it wasn't that girl that everybody accuses of blackfishing. Um... <laughs> It was someone from Fifth Harmony reacting to another TikToker saying like how horrible they were styled as a group. And then this Blackpink photo came up and I was like, see, this is how you style a group. They look really good together. Um, they do look cute. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's you could tell like that was curated and they all match in a way. Um, and now I'm very, 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 very happy to announce that Chloe Bailey has finally made my like favorites list because she's been missing <laughs> she's not on mine i'll tell you that <laughs> wow. i think she's still missing i have wow. to tell you guys this looks like this looks okay you know like if you go back and watch earlier seasons of drag race like i'm talking like seasons four or five six that sort of deal this looks like a dress that one of the queens will wear on those earlier seasons it looks oh. like a drag queen dress okay. that's like not interesting not doing anything and also Chloe Bailey stylist. Why do you love this like bright silver so much for her? I she has been doing that a lot. Move and on. honestly, I feel like black women, gold is our, our gold is, is our metal. I just don't know. I don't know. It's I'm just surprised you like this because she's so stunning. And I, I just feel it. like the, the dresses she gets puts in put in are so cheap. Oh, cheap. I mean, it doesn't look expensive. I'll give you that. But I feel like in comparison to the black garbage bag she had on that one, well, I don't even know. Was that the VMAs last year? I don't remember. All I remember is something. the aluminum foil this is a step up. moment. This is a step up. This is a step up. 
Okay. Now also I actually, I don't know how you feel about this, but I like Sophia Carson's like dark nun look. (laughs) (laughs) It was fine. Right. Again, I need the bar (laughs) is very low. You guys, these it's slim pickings. I had to say who I liked. (laughs) I had to. Um, I don't like Sophia Carson trying to defend that weird ass movie she did on Netflix, <laughs> but um, the look was was great. Um, I also this was someone who I wanted to put in honorable mentions, but then I was like, you know what? No, she looked cute. Was I thought Lotto looked super cute in this little green outfit? It's fine with her shoes. Look at her little shoes. She's cute. It's, it's fine. I'm it's happy she's exciting. like an up and coming artist. Okay, I think you're just anti black. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> And you'll find out why in a minute. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> um, And then I put Becky G because this dress with the side cutout. She's uh, cute. She, I like this one. It was looking good. It was hashtag looking my good. power. She ranger. has the body for it. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> this was a good dress. And it has it's giving like stained glass in a church type of situation. Yeah. Um, those are my favorites. Would you like to read off your favorites now? I would actually, and okay. this is where I prove I'm in, I'm not anti-black. Okay. My two favorites were your two least favorites, Lizzo and Lil Nas <gasps> X. Oh, stop it! You're lying. No, I'm not lying. You cannot tell me that this giant I, bag Lizzo has. I on. thought Lizzo's dress was oh stunning, sculptural. You're the one in this article, she wore no. a different one on stage. I I know. I'm talking about the red carpet dress. Oh I think God. people that are calling it a garbage bag lack taste. Oh, stop. I this think... is the same thing Chloe Bailey wore that you said was a garbage bag. No, but I think like it's funny because you call out in your notes, you call out like the makeup and accessories on point. I feel like that elevates the look. I love the slick hair. And I think, see, here's the thing. It's not, it's a very interesting texture. It's like this luminescent midnight blue with like kind of a sheen on it. I think it looks stunning. And I think you're wrong. I think she's worn better. It's like, that's the problem. Well, yes. I know she can absolutely slay in other um, materials. <laughs> so this one did not do it for me. If you could have taken a photo from like chest up, I would have been like, ooh, what's Lizzo got on? And then I would have been disappointed uh, to have seen this. Because yeah, the makeup, the the accessories, the styling like of her, she looks amazing. But that dress, it just wasn't wasn't giving and i hope you read my note for Lil nas x i don't hate the look i just said i feel like it it would have been better for a more high-end event see i don't understand it because i actually think this is perfect for the vmas because it's it's not functional it's over the top i like the look and it seems like you like the look you just don't think it's for the vmas but i disagree interesting well anyway (laughs) those are my only two that i didn't love but i did want to go through a couple of honorable mentions again y'all know i'm not my favorite person in the world i put taylor swift down as an honorable mention because she did not look bad like she she looked good you know but this look that she's been doing the silver clunky like diamondy and i guess somebody made a video about how she's trying to call back to when kanye interrupted her blah 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 but I'm just kind of over it. It's like, can we move on? Taylor Swift has done some great looks for like the Grammys where she's in like her look, the floral thing that she did for the Grammys. That was beautiful. Why does she keep putting on this like muted color palette and like this dark makeup? I don't like it. Um, Hashtag bring back the Grammys in, was it 2021? That was lit. 
Um, Jack Harlow. Okay. If that outfit, that like leather jacket combo would have been in a different color. We've talked about this over and over again. Straight men wearing just plain black suits. is um, It's tired. If that would have been like a, either a bright color or even like a burgundy or even brown. Yeah. Not the black on black on black. I'm over it. It's not creative. It looks silly and it's difficult because if it would have been again, it, it, the, the the look was good. But if it would have been a different color, I would have liked it. And then I put Ashley Graham because I liked what she was trying to do, you know, showing off her body after she just I think she had twins, Damn. Um, which is great. And, you know, she's always been like a body positivity figure, but. And honestly, this dress isn't even that bad, but what is with the giant safety pins? I don't get it. <laughs> it makes it look cheap, honestly. It's uh, right, Again, it's fine. It's just a fine Again, That's why this was on honorable mentions, not top looks. Because I was like, oh, I like, I like the message. I was just like, are those safety pins? I had to zoom in, and I was like, those are literally just bedazzled giant safety pins. Hmm. It looks weird. By the way, I have to call out another one of my favorite looks. Yes, please do. Which is an example of a, I believe they identify as male, of a male artist doing something interesting. Conan Gray looks really cool. And Conan Gray is such a pretty, such a pretty person. (laughs) That bone structure in the face and the hair. Mm -hmm. Conan Gray is pretty. I think we all could learn a little something from Conan Gray. (laughs) Yeah, let's Isn't it look. cute how him and Olivia Rodrigo are like best friends? They always hang out. That's cute. Oh, they do that? That's cute. Yeah. Are they similar in age? God, I'm getting old. I know. I don't even, don't look it up. It's not worth it. They're young. <laughs> They're oh, young. Oh, okay. Conan Gray's 23. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Not that younger. bad. Oh. Not that bad. Could be worse. <laughs> but she's, she's, isn't she like 18? We won't talk about it. All right, next. <laughs> so they recently released a trailer for season two of the Kardashians on Hulu. And the funniest thing to me was that we're going to get Kim's whole reaction to like people <laughs> hating on her for the get your ass up and work. Is that no, what she said? Get off your ass and get off work. your ass and work. It seems like nobody no wants, to, wants work to work these, these days. days. So we're going to get all that in this season. And the funniest thing is Kim told Chloe that she was mortified after Chloe told her that nobody sympathizes with her after (laughs) she said that. Wait, I need to watch this trailer when we're done because that sounds funny. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's actually like some good stuff in this trailer, some good moments. Um, So we'll see. And we're going to get apparently a lot of Pete Davidson this season. So uh, yay. Keith. (laughs) Yeah, hashtag RIP Keith. Um, Okay. Now, our girl, speaking of euphoria, it's not looking oh, good for oh, Sydney no. Sweeney. <laughs> the oh, jokes no. have been fire, which is so funny to me when white people do stuff like this. And then they're like, oh, my God, you guys, I can't believe that you would turn something so special and fun for my family. It's like, oh, my God, girl. OK, you need to tell them what happened. OK, I'm going to. <laughs> so basically, Sydney Sweeney posted pictures from her mom's 60th birthday party, and she strategically left out photos of some of her other family members. But some of her other family members did not leave out these photos. Um, they was wearing MAGA hats, Blue Lives Matter shit. 
It was not looking um, good, y'all. And Very the whole creepy. theme was like hoedown. So they were also in like country attire. Yeah, which is like if y'all if you live in California and you're like, oh, let's have a southern country party, it's like please stop. You're like the one <laughs> percent. Um but people were like pulling that shit out and they were like not Sydney Sweeties family being MAGA people and now people are making jokes like where were they on January 6th <laughs> all that kind of stuff and then Sydney Sweeney tweeted <clears throat> I'm gonna do my best impression dramatic reading <laughs> you guys this is wild an innocent celebration for my mom's milestone 60th birthday has turned into an absurd political statement which was not the intention Please stop making assumptions. Which, by the what assumptions? They literally what? have shit that it's says right MAGA and blue <laughs> I don't have to assume, baby. <laughs> Much love to everyone. Red heart emoji. And happy birthday, mom. <laughs> oh, girl. <laughs> it's honestly so embarrassing. And I feel like Sydney Sweeney is in like, I feel like she's kind of in a downward spiral because this is not the first thing she said in the last like six months that people have been like "Eh, what (laughs) recently she said that she can't take any time off of work to have a baby or start a family because if she stops acting she won't be able to afford her lifestyle (laughs) and that is not cool girl i want to i know you're getting paid well for you for especially season two when you were like a featured player because Sam right. Levinson loves your tits. Literally, which there's a whole lot to unpack there. But yeah, it's very weird. And also she like just bought her first house. And so it's like, girl, if you couldn't afford that house, why did you buy it? Oh, you know, people. Also, yes, know, go ahead. No, you, you go. You go. I just have a weird like bet I kind of want to make. So the Emmys are coming up and she's a double nominee. So she's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Watch her show up in a red dress. Watch her show up in a red dress. I'm telling you, if that happens, I'm calling it right now. If that happens, you guys, this turned into a weird political statement. (laughs) Her dress is like MAGA on the side. (laughs) (laughs) No, remember? Oh my God, who is that wild lady? She she used to show up to the Grammys and like she's a nobody. She's actually a black (laughs) woman. Remember? And she, one year she wore a dress that said Make America Great on it, and another year it said like Build the Wall. She's gonna be like that lady. What? She's oh gonna be like, can God. I borrow Sydney your dress? Sweeney is the new <laughs> that lady. We don't even know it who it joy, is. Joy, joy, something. Yeah, y'all know who it me is. Joy to see those pictures. Ooh. All right, I'm very excited to talk about this. <laughs> I did not hear about this until. Just I, now, and that's so. the thing. I know that you didn't know about this, and so I'm like <laughs> really excited to capture your like authentic reaction to this story. I hope you haven't been reading too much into it. No. You read it? Yeah. Okay. No, I did not read it. I'm okay. Ready. Okay. So basically the story is that Young Gravy, the rapper, if you will, and Addison Ray's mom, Sherry, were all over each other at the VMAs, like just disgusting. And I even saw people submitting stuff to Dumois saying that they were becoming a nuisance. Like they were like, I tried to take a picture and I ended up getting Sherry and Young Gravy making out while these artists uh- were on stage. And I- <laughs> Oh my God. People were like, are they for real? And everybody was like, yeah. no, they were like all over each other. Well, he loves sure his milfs. He does. And so this is the story of Addison Ray's mom and young gravy. Okay. So if you were thinking, wait, isn't Addison Ray's mom married? 
Um, yeah, but she's separated from Addison Ray's dad, Monty, because he cheated on her with a 25 year old. Mind you, oh. men love to do this thing where they'll cheat on you and then you get with someone else and like start really enjoying your life. And they're like, oh my God, how could you do this to me? What do you like? They act like you have done the worst thing to them possible. And so that's basically what's happening here. So it started off as like kind of a funny, like they kept stitching and duetting each other on TikTok, um, Young Gravy and Sherry, because yes, like Young Gravy's brand is that he likes MILFs. And so he was like, duetting sherry saying like oh name a time and place blah 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 i guess now they're actually involved (laughs) Mm -hmm. um yeah and so they went to the vmas together whatever but during this courtship if you will addison ray's dad has been making like weird threats and challenges over tiktok to young gravy like challenging him to a boxing match telling him they're gonna fight and I feel like Young Gravy's just been like not responding to any of it. So it's like super embarrassing <laughs> for this Monty Lopez to be like threatening a 25 year old. Like, <laughs> and it's just, it's very cringy to watch. And I think it's just hilarious because I'm like, if I were Addison Ray, I would be so embarrassed that this is happening. See, and here's where I make the reference I've been waiting to make. So okay, you say this ahead. Monty fellow's been challenging Gravy to box mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. Gravy's gonna come in and say, "Pop in, pop out, little bitch." That's a knockout. <laughs> I love you were what you were sitting on that, weren't you? You yep. were like, <laughs> I'm proud of you for that." Um, yeah, that's yeah. wild. I, I just need to look it's up so pictures funny of this. when like grownups act like absolute children. Yeah, it's also weird. I young gravy is younger than me. I guess by only a year. Actually, Wait, no, he's know. 26. He's 26. Oh, he's 26. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. When's his birthday? Oh, my God. March 9. <gasps> Pisces? Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, wow. It's 10 p.m. What Should an we episode. get to the media moments? Yeah, let's. We've been popping off. It's time for the media moment. Yes. Okay. So I'm going first. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. I am going to talk about a film I saw last night that I've been eagerly awaiting called 3000 Years of Longing, starring Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. Idris Elba? Yes. I love him. <laughs> and Sorry. the reason why I've been eagerly waiting this, besides the fact that I love Tilda Swinton, is that this is George Miller's follow up to Mad Max Fury Road, which came out seven years ago. And for those of you who don't know or haven't seen it, Mad Max Fury Road is one of the defining films of the 2010s. It is one of the best sequels ever made. It's one of the best action films ever made. It is an amazing You love Mad Max Fury Road. Everyone loves, everyone loves Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, sorry. Okay. Like I was in my film studies program at the time. My film professors found ways to talk about Mad Max Fury Road people love wow. it, including film okay. scholars it's a great i movie. shamefully have not seen it oh my god it's a great movie you guys you don't have to watch any of the other mad maxes to watch it just watch it and I'm, i regret that you if you haven't seen it you didn't get a chance to see it in a theater where the sound was just like booming at you but anyway so this is george miller's first film since then seven years ago and i just think it's so fascinating that he probably could have made any film he wanted after the success both commercially and critically at Mad Max Fury Road. 
He waits seven years and he makes a movie about a genie. <laughs> so, sorry, a gin. It's a, the gin is the formal term. Oh, um, so I guess he could have made any film he wanted, and maybe this is the film he wanted to make. But it's just an interesting premise to me. So basically, Tilda Swinton's character, Alethea Binney, she is an older single woman. She's a narratologist. And she goes to Istanbul for a conference and takes home to her hotel room a memento, which is a little glass bottle. She tries opening it, and a gin pops out, and it's Deidre's elbow. And Alethea, being a narratologist, she's very hesitant to make any wishes because as she says, you know, she's an expert on stories and every single uh, gin or genie story is a morality, morality tale where it doesn't work out for the wisher. And she knows this and she's very conscious of this. So she refuses to make a wish. And instead Idris Elba goes into the long history of his existence, how he became a gin and the different people he met along the way that were his like um, wards, so to speak, you know, every time he came out of the bottle uh, which was 3,000 years. That's why it's called 3,000 Years of Longing. Ooh. And this film, it's like, I think I loved it. It's kind of difficult to love. But I part of the reason why I love it is because it's just so bizarre. And I love a film that's unlike anything I've ever seen before. And this is unlike anything I've ever seen before, anything that's ever been made. And it's this very interesting and kind of, sad really in a lot of ways even though it's this kind of like colorful mythical thing it's at its core it's kind of sad because it's about like stories and memory and like the heart's desire and and how human desire sometimes in its purest form can't necessarily be quelled in our lifetimes and how love is this sort of like enigmatic grand thing that we don't fully understand and all those sorts of deals. Um, one thing I thought was really interesting is that the opening line of the film is Tilda Swinton narrating. And she says, my name is Alethea Binney and my story is true. But in order for you to believe me, I'm going to tell it like a fairy tale, which I just thought was interesting because as uh, Idris Elba's, he doesn't have a name, I believe. We never learn his name. So he's just the djinn. Uh, as he's recounting his his life and his experiences as a djinn, the farther back we are, the more like fantastical elements get brought in visually, which kind of makes sense because the further you are from the past, the harder it is to recount. So like when we're 3000 years ago and he's meeting, with, he's like the Queen of Sheba's lover and we see her court, there's like weird creatures that probably weren't there and instruments that play themselves and just like fantastical shit like that. And then when we move forward into like the 1500s, it's a little bit more normal, but like the horses, their tails and manes are rainbow colored and stuff like that. So like, like that sort of thing I thought was interesting until the Swinton and Idris Elba are really good. I think it's, it's written very well. I kind of like my favorite parts of the movie are when we cut back to them in the hotel room, just talking about like life and love. Those are my favorite parts. And the the like history parts the 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 tale telling so to speak those parts were like lavishly produced like the costumes the cinematography i think it's like the, the whole same team as fairy road like the same costumer and the same cinematographer oh, it was wow. just like kind of a feast for the eyes yeah 
So I think I love it. It's just funny because it's bizarreness and uniqueness. It's one of the reasons why I love it, but it's also what kind of makes it hard to like really fall in love with as a film. Like, I don't know quite if this will make like the top 10, even though I enjoyed myself very much watching it. I think too, of course, what you leave with is affects your lasting impression, AKA the ending. And I feel yeah. like it ended very abruptly. Oh, like it just ended. And I, and this happens very rarely where it ends. And I'm like, Oh, it's, it's, it's over. Like I was surprised because oh, it, it didn't feel super feeling satisfying. like that. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was trying to make sense of it in my head when I was walking home, I was like, was that on purpose? Like, was it, was it, was that a commentary on like stories? And I don't necessarily think so. I just think it was an abrupt ending. And I think if the ending was stronger, it maybe it would elevate it to like top 10 status for me, but it's not mm -hmm. quite there. But I did, I did really, really enjoy it. I think it's great. Wow. Yeah. Well, that sounds very interesting. Yes. Very interesting indeed. Anyway, what's your media moment? Um, this is going to be probably very short because my media moment <sighs> is just a single song that has been in my head for the last few weeks, oh. maybe. I don't actually, know you listen to this fellow. I, uh, I really don't. I was going to actually start this by saying, I don't know shit about Rex Orange County. <laughs> <laughs> I watched his chicken shop date interview on YouTube. What the hell is that? It's like a YouTube interview show. Um, You know that TikTok sound, that song that was like, my money don't jiggle jiggle. It yeah. fold. That's from chicken shop date. It's like this oh. girl. And it's kind of like similar style to like hot ones not really similar style but it's like you interviewer it's just like an awkward it's edited to look super awkward and like it's funny um <laughs> but my media moment is pluto projector the song because it's just i don't know it's been in my head like all the time so i've just been listening to it every time it pops in my head i'm like yeah i'll put it on um and i feel like people make a lot of tiktok edits with it and that's why it's always in my head but um, I do enjoy it as just a standalone piece. Hmm. So, yeah, that's really all I have to say. It's just been I've been playing it like I think I played it like four times today. <laughs> you should Maybe more. To more Rex Orange County. I've I've enjoyed you have recommendations. The songs from the past. Yeah. Um, hold on. I'm going to have to bring up the Spotify. It's funny. Sometimes like I associate al album covers and single covers more, especially yeah. with artists I'm not as familiar with. So I, no, if I totally. see it. If I see it, I'll be able to. Okay, I have his page up. Yeah, I have his page up. Oh, there are some songs on Pony I liked his 2019 album. Okay. Wait, wait. Pluto Projector is on that album. Yes, it is. Why did I think this was a new a new song? I don't know. <laughs> okay, never mind. I might actually know what song you're talking about. Then I guess I just thought when you were. When when this is on the outline, I thought it was a new release because I know he came out with no. an, a new album recently. Yeah, uh, like he, really recently. Yeah, he did. But no, this song is not new. I've just been hearing it a lot because it's been circulating the inter interwebs. I guess that's how TikTok works. They'll bring back shit from literally times. from 1983. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoy it. Yeah, you know, just been vibing. Yeah. Just, just vibes. Just vibing. Well, does that bring us to the end Ooh, there? Finally. Just kidding. Yeah. yeah. So we have two more episodes left after this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, 
I hope everyone enjoys their Labor Day weekend. Oh my gosh, yes. Stay I safe. I know, isn't that crazy? It's coming up already. I can't believe it. Oh, I'm tired. Sorry. Okay, I didn't have coffee go today. Go to sleep. Oh. I don't know how you do that to yourself. I literally have coffee in my fridge. I just like was so busy right after I took Sherry to daycare. I just like kind of forgot to make myself some. Did you forget to pee? Um, I didn't really have to because I didn't drink anything. Girl. God. <laughs> Okay, well, then my point is lost. I was going to say, if you can remember to pee, you can remember to drink water and coffee. But yeah, apparently no, I didn't not. didn't do that. When no. I, t- I told you when I first logged on, I looked at the clock and I was like, I have been on my computer, like just in bed on my computer working literally all day, like nonstop. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's stop then so that you can go relax because you deserve that. Oh, my God. Thank you. Wow. You're so welcome. <laughs> Okay, bye. (laughs) Have a good night. Have a good night.